Okay, so welcome to the first live coaches corner, like a live podcast, I guess you could call it, Instagram live, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I will be jumping on today with Emily when she's on and we are going to be discussing, do you need to eat and train like a bodybuilder in order to get in a wicked shape? So that is going to be our topic of discussion. Um, so once Emily is here, she's here, how do I invite people on? Uh, I never know how to do this. Um, how do I invite someone on the pod? Um, there. I'm such an amateur at this, honestly. There we go. <laughs> I was like, this is great. How do I actually get Emily on? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> we made it. How are you, Emily? All right? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad at all. It's definitely getting close to my bedtime is this though, but no, I'm really <laughs> excited to have this conversation. So I wanted to jump on and discuss this topic with Emily because me and Emily are both, well, Emily can definitely class herself as a bodybuilder because she's got the photos and the trophies and what have you. I haven't done the technical, you know, jumping on stage and everything, but I would like to think that I live like a bodybuilder and in the future, I do want to get on stage when everything in my life just sorts itself out. Me and Emily are both coaches ourselves. Now, I know, Emily, you do prep people, but I'm pretty certain that you've got clients on your books who aren't bodybuilders, but are people who want to get in pretty decent shape or do have physique-based goals, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great, and so do I. And I think sometimes when people see what we do on our accounts, we probably that bit of anxiety of, do I need to be doing what they are doing in order to get in shape? If I was to join one of these two people or someone like this for coaching am i gonna have to do what they do in order to get in shape and because i think there is a massive rise in bodybuilding at the moment it's becoming so much more popular i think people are confused about what they do need to do and what they don't need to do in order to get in awesome shape so i thought it'd be quite good to have a bit of a debate or a bit of a discussion about the things that potentially bodybuilders do which maybe you as a general population person who just wants to get in awesome shape maybe do need to consider and things that you really don't need to consider in order to get in awesome shape but what bodybuilders would do so i think it'd be quite awesome if we could just basically do you do an idea i do an idea and we just kind of we can have a bit of an argument or a bit of an agreement as well if that sounds good yeah yeah sounds good Awesome. Should we go with before or against first? Shall we go with you do while you don't eat, eat and try like a bodybuilder? Should we start with the good or the bad? What do you think? We're good. Good. So let's, the first thing that I want to go with is protein intake. Now, I think protein is one of those things that's kind of just like, get your protein in. Everyone just says it, but no one really puts any sort of context behind it as to what getting your protein actually means and the benefit. Now, obviously you'll see bodybuilders plowing down chicken and whey protein like there's no tomorrow but as a general person who wants to get in good shape i always with any of my clients who have physique related goals will give them a protein target number one it's going to make your dieting process easier but from the perspective of getting in good shape there is so much crossover from studies to show that protein is going to have a positive impact on your aesthetics especially if you are wanting to build lean muscle tissue and you're wanting to diet down and not just look up and down like a stick so in terms of having a high protein intake do i think that for anyone who wants to get in good shape that is something to consider 
I would personally say yes in that instance. What's your perspective on that one? Yeah, 100% yes. Like, obviously, anyone wanting to build any muscle for whatever reason, um, it's it's the building blocks for it, you know. It's, it's depending what you're doing, you know. But if that is going to be resistance training, then, of course, you're going to need the the protein there is like the the recovery mechanism afterwards um mm -hmm. so yeah it, it's it's just needed basically and it's um yeah i just it's a resounding yes from me <laughs> resounding yes there's actually studies as well to show that you can overeat protein and it not have any sort of negative impact on your on your body composition opposed to sort of carbs and fats as well so prioritizing it, i think for anyone who wants to just look better is so goddamn important and obviously there's so many health benefits to protein as well just regardless to making you look good in terms of you know growth and repair of hair skin nails as well so from that perspective as well if you are wanting to diet down and just look healthy as well from having good hair good nails good skin as well a good protein intake will actually help out with that as well so you're winning overall now i think exactly. where people get a bit muddled up is how much protein should you be eating how often should you be having protein now bodybuilders will probably aim to have what five six servings throughout the day um with general population i don't think that's necessary i would personally say sort of three to four servings of that 20 to 30 grams is enough um unless they want to eat like a bodybuilder that five six meals a day but it's not necessary and again i think this is where the confusion is do i need to eat five meals a day or can I eat three meals a day I would always personally say three meals is fine if that's your normal way of eating two snacks and maybe one of those snacks make it protein based what's your perspective on that one yeah I guess it's just like when um when we're thinking about sort of having those servings of protein throughout the day to just be like spiking muscle protein synthesis and it's mm -hmm. kind of like yeah when you are getting a little bit more serious into it these are considerations that we make and it's like, okay, for, for, for like the, the marginal gains, let's say, um, yes, I'm going to make that decision to, to actually try and have more servings of protein throughout the day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got to be on an individual basis as well. Like not everyone's got time or availability to sit and eat every, you know, like six meals a day or whatever it is that say I have, uh, for example, um, like you said, some people are just going for the three main meals and then your snacks. It's like, um, I often find people are struggling to think of like snacks they can have that are like high in protein. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, so long as you are getting your overall protein intake, that's whatever your target is for that day throughout the day at some point, like it doesn't have to be split across each individual snack slash meal. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's in terms of these like marginal wins that we could potentially think about constantly spiking that muscle protein synthesis, which is, you know, something that you might aim for if you are, you know, a little bit more maybe like advanced let's say or like competing or whatever it is then then yes that, that that's kind of the rationale behind it if that's where the sort of confusion comes from maybe absolutely so it's you do want to just split your protein up throughout the day but again you know you don't have to have yeah. like loads, loads of meals if that's no, no. Time, if it doesn't serve you if that's not how you eat and that's just going to basically cause you stress and make it a very negative process then you don't need to do that exactly it's just individual you know there's the other side of that is too much protein in one go and it might really like sort of suffer with digestion in that sense you know you might find that you're really struggling to have like 50 grams of protein in one meal or something so there might be the yeah. rationale there to break it up so it, like i say it's really individual absolutely and error it and figure it out absolutely so, like, my else is doing figure out what works for you yeah that's a really good point as well actually because i had a client today i was looking at a protein intake and she had like 60 grams away in one serving i was like yeah just split that up just have that <laughs> 
yeah i want to do box and digestive upsets so mm. yeah it is trial and error but just thinking you, you do want to hit a protein um target i do think that gram per pound of body weight is like a rough guideline to go for whether you are a physique competitor and or a bodybuilder or if you are general population that is what is kind of needed just as a for building blocks of muscle and muscle retention as well so aiming for that aiming to split it up across your day but in a way that serves you doesn't matter that me and emily eat five meals a day that serves us if three meals and two snacks serves you awesome but as long as you're splitting it up you'll be absolutely sound so that's a yes and a no isn't it it's a yes that you do need to prioritize protein but yeah. know that you need to eat chicken and rice five times a day across i mean i wouldn't do that anyway exactly um, Cool. So the next point that I wanted to come across, and um, whilst it's fresh in my mind, is the training side of things. Um, do you need to train like a bodybuilder? I think there's going to be answers to yes, both yes and no in this one. But the thing that I would want to say is, do you need to resistance train in order to get in good shape? And I would always, 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 always say yes. Obviously, there's so many goddamn health benefits to resistance training anyway, which do get brushed under the carpet, which really frustrates me because everyone just thinks about looking banging it's like actually especially as women it's so important for our bone density and things like that but that aside if you are wanting to get in absolutely awesome shape diet down or you know lose a bit of weight and look you know toned have a little bit of muscle definition just have a bit of shape to you that is all going to come from your resistance training your cardio realistically is not really going to do anything for that it's all going to come from your resistance training so in terms of do you need to add weights into your training regime to look good when you diet down? I'm going to say yes. But I also think there is going to be a bit of a, a no in terms of how you would go about that. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, like, I suppose it depends what the definition of, of train like a bodybuilder is as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends who, who you've been watching, you know, because there's, there's so many different, like, branches of bodybuilding now and kind of like different people that you might follow that train in a certain really like intense like way um you know and it it can look a bit overwhelming you know like god do i need to be doing that like that looks really painful and like disturbing maybe um yeah. again it's depending on your goals and if you you know again it's like that thing of like comparing what you see on instagram and why so and so training like that maybe like you know especially like as a bodybuilder let's say you've got a, you've always got like a short window of time um you know before you're next stepping on stage so like in order to build a significant amount of muscle and look different next time yeah you're gonna have to push things to kind of you know elicit that that amount of growth in a short space of time mm -hmm. but you know if you're just training for like overall overall health overall like wanting to like you know get to the end of the year and just feel a little bit you know better and have a nice kind of body recomposition let's say um you know like that that toned look that you know a lot of people kind of come i'm sure you agree like you get that request a lot like yeah. wanting to look toned and it's like yeah you know you don't need to be absolutely killing yourself in the gym um to get that nice. to get that look so it really yeah it really depends but again i think it's it's one of those things where it comes down to like who you've been watching on instagram and and maybe just yeah and in terms of what's going to be optimal from a resistance training program for some people is not for others. So if you're quite new to it all, you probably be better off starting, you know, from the ground, very, very basic, three full body workouts. And when you are new as well, your body will respond to anything. So you'll just pick up a few dumbbells and you'll start to see changes. 
And um, whereas for me and Emily, for example, we've been doing this for a few years. And like you said, we base, we will base our training off what it is that we want to achieve from a bodybuilding perspective. So we've both dieted down and gone, right, we need to bring up this area. This is a weakness for us from the perspective of we want to compete in this category that which requires us to look a certain way. So for us, it's not, we do train for enjoyment, but the programs that we are given are very tailored to specific physique goals based upon what it is that we want to achieve within our within how we compete so i'm obviously aspiring to figure in the future so that is what my training is based around you are a figure competitor you want to come back better so i'm guessing your training from your coach is you need to bring up this this and this so there's going to be more across this whereas when you want to just resistance train to look good you can you don't have to specify for certain needs if you want to like every girl obviously wants nice bum nice shoulders let's be real but if you just want to train for enjoyment and you do certain exercises because you enjoy them more or certain training splits because you enjoy them more, you are going to get so much more benefit from that because you're actually going to stick with it. Whereas for us, sometimes we have to take that hit and go, actually, that's probably not what I would want to do. Absolutely. But, yeah, hip thrust. I just refuse to do hip thrust, to be completely honest with you. I just go, yeah, I'm not doing them. But we might want more volume in certain things. We might want to do more things, but we have to just take it on the chin and go, that's what's going to make us the best bodybuilder. Whereas for you, if you just want to look good, if you don't enjoy a certain way of training or a certain doing certain muscle group loads, it doesn't massively matter. You can still look amazing, but it's got to be about more about enjoyment than being optimal. Whereas for us, we've got to have more of a balance of being optimal than enjoyment, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like you said about the, the newbie gains as well, like if you've not really trained before and you get in the gym, you can pretty much do like three sets of 10 on every exercise and just you'll grow muscle very quickly. Like your ability to put more muscle on at like, as the years go on with your training career like massively diminishes like the first year second year you're gonna make a huge leap from where you were to like your muscularity like a year later two years later and stuff so it's it's like there's less need to to even worry about going for intensity and you know training to like intensity as well it, it's a learned skill you know yeah it is yeah. a learned skill it's it's because if you think about it the it, it does hurt obviously doesn't it you know when you're in a top set it, it's really painful but you get so used to tolerating that type of, you know, that type of rep and that type of set. Um, but it does take time. I, I certainly wasn't training that way like two years ago, for example. Um, yeah, it's, that's the fun thing with training though. It's, there's, there's always more like progression, no matter what like level you're at, there's, there's, there's a new way to progress. But you know, when you're, when you're new in the gym, like literally just, just take it day by day, fall in love with the process first. Um, yeah. Like just, learn to learn to enjoy it do you actually like going to the gym do you enjoy picking a weight up and putting it over your head you know don't put pressure on it but just just do workouts that you enjoy um absolutely yeah that's a really good point fit expo are bigging you up hey hi darish <laughs> um that's a really good point as well what you said about intensity because i think when people watch bodybuilders who are who do train hard whether that's like your big hardcore right if you do pros or even people like us to an extent who do you know we don't hold back in the gym, you know, we just go for it. People like will reply to my videos, like make your training faces are just, they just make my life. It's like, but that's what I enjoy and that's how I like to train. But ultimately yeah. that is what intensity is for me now. When you first start that first feeling of that sort of pain threshold, it is new. So for you, you know, you might think I'm not making these noises. I'm not pulling those faces, but I really tried. And I feel like I was giving it pretty much my all. Well, that is intensity for you. 
And as you progress, you will just gauge, you will become better and more efficient at training. And that's when you will learn how to train more efficiently. How I trained when I first started did help. You know, I, I made some progress from that. But if I train like that now, I probably regress. I probably lose muscle, to be honest. So try not to get caught up in how other people train as well. If you are going into your training session and you can honestly hand on heart say, I gave it my all and I feel like I couldn't really have done much more. Doesn't matter if you weren't pulling the faces and it really doesn't matter if you weren't screaming and grunting. Because most of the time it's not needed anyway, let's be real. Um, if you're giving it your best, that's absolutely fine. But do you need an element of resistance training in there just to, to basically um, cut the long story short? Yeah, you really, really do. You really, really do. But how you do that is your choice. And I think the principle is you just got to enjoy it more than anything else. Yep. Cool. So sticking on things that you do want to, that us bodybuilders do, that you who wants to get in shape also would do. Do you have any things that you would, that you do as a bodybuilder that you perhaps get your clients to do? Um, just clients who want to get in shape generally. Um, I think one of the other probably avenues, so obviously we've talked about a little bit about nutrition and training is, is obviously sleep. Um, I think people don't, quite understand how important sleep is like you literally you, you've trained that's fantastic but you literally like repair everything that you've just done and broken down in that session while you are sleeping so you're almost like growing while you're sleeping yes. um so if if you are like getting like five hours of sleep a night or something and you're cutting off that extra, extra two three that you could really do with you are like limiting gains essentially um, yeah. and also like you know there's just this we could go on and on about why you know the next day is going to be impeded let's say your overall energy, your, your hunger's gonna be higher, just everything's gonna be affected when you don't sleep enough, uh, digestion might be off. It just, there's a whole plethora, you know, I think, I'm sure you as well, like, you know, when you're checking in with your clients in, in the week, it's like, how has sleep been this week is one of the main questions. And, and when the answer's not good, you're like, right, let's sort this out. And for, yeah, so for me, it's like trying to get people to establish a bedtime routine, go to bed. Um, but yeah, it is literally like, how do we wind down in the evening and things like this, you know, I, to be honest, I should be wearing my blue light blockers now because it's, it's PM and I'm looking at, I didn't want to look weird with orange glasses on, but Hello, generally, you know, this is something that I recommend to people. It's like 20 pound off Amazon. Um, yeah. and you know, like realistically, like, are we going to change our habits? Are we going to stop looking at our phones and just not reply to anyone after 6 PM? Are we not going to watch TV in the night or like, you know, guys might want to play on their PS5s or whatever. We're going to continue to do that, aren't we? Um, so essentially, it's like, why don't we just put these on, which just deflects the blue light that is what actively, you know, when you're looking at screens and it activates your brain and keeps you. Um, why don't we just put some glasses on? Solves that issue. It certainly does for me anyway. Um, mm -hmm. That's one thing you can do. And then it's like looking at what you actually do before you go to bed. Like, are we winding down? Um, I like literally, I stretch, I stretch every night, like without fail, like as a kind of, pre-bed ritual slash it gets my stretching in which you should all be doing if you are like regularly contracting your muscles you want to lengthen them back out so you don't get really tight um you know so i stretch before i go to bed and that winds me down um but yeah like there's got to be sort of things that you do before bed that help to kind of taper yeah. down your systems calm them down and like prepare your body to for sleep um so yeah i think that's a, a sort of almost like a like kind of a crazy bodybuilding thing where we're all a bit like weird wearing our orange glasses and assessing over bedtime that I think everyone actually should really implement. Um, yeah. 
I agree. 100%. And like, not even just for wanting to get in absolutely amazing shape, but just to be healthy. Like, you've said, obviously, yeah, yeah when you sleep, that's when you secrete, you know, growth hormone and things. So from a muscle building perspective, it's, it's needed. But even just general health and fat loss, like, there's all those studies to show, you know, poor sleep linked to all sort of all cause mob, you know, early morbidity. Can I say that word? Basically, you're going to die earlier. There's links with like hunger hormone signaling and just things as well. Just think pure logic. You have a shit night's sleep. You feel like shit. You go into the office and loads of stress. You're going to make poorer food choices again. So it's all it is all absolutely linked. And obviously, then your training sessions are going to be bad. So like you said, there's so many different ties and crossovers and again there's a reason why we we as coaches do bang on about sleep we aren't weirdos who just like geek about weird stuff honestly it's so great for muscle growth it's so great for fat loss it's great for your mental health it's great for your physical health whatever stage of your fitness journey you're on whatever you're doing prioritize your goddamn sleep seriously just just do it just do it <laughs> don't go tiktok till midnight honestly just put your phone down a bit switch off and everything will honestly feel so much better. Everything. Yeah. Perfect. One thing I was going to say that, again, in terms of what we do, what we do us alien bodybuilders, that I think everyone should do, um, is the prioritization of whole foods. Now, I do think that when you are just someone who wants to get in shape and look better, there is a bit more scope for flexibility. But I do think what I'm seeing as a bit of a trend right now is obviously just calorie counting and flexible dieting. But I think it's getting taken too far in terms of people are literally flexible dieting with like breakfast, McDonald's, lunch, pizza, dinner, chicken nuggets and chips, but it fits my calories. It's like, yeah, it fits your calories, but it's, it is from a basic perspective, calories in versus calories out. But you've also got to bear in mind, like I mentioned earlier, that eating shit will have an impact on your look. Ultimately, if you eat shit, you will look shit because you've got issues of inflammation, water retention, and what have you and nutrients you know everyone thinks about your macros but people forget about your micros so when you macro track you've also got to consider that you know what is that coming from because underneath your macros you have your micros which is vitamins and minerals and we need those to to function to be healthy so if you are just getting all of your you know you're hitting your macros but all your macros are coming from chicken nuggets and processed foods what is going to impact your look in terms of your physique overall, but it is, it's gonna make you unhealthy. It's gonna make you feel sluggish as well. You aren't gonna be feeling great. So again, that's gonna have crossover effects with training. So if you're tra not training great, that's gonna be impacting you know, your potential. So I genuinely think again, regardless to whether you are wanting to get in banging shape or just be healthy, that us eating you know, these chicken and rice meals, actually it's not that weird. And actually I think more people should actually be prioritizing that. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, like that little thing you said about the micros and stuff. I mean, um, yeah, like I had a client recently, and her digestion was so off. And uh, when I looked at her like fiber content, which they, if you are tracking, it'll give you a breakdown of that as well. It, yeah. was, it was like just low, basically, for what it needed to be. Um, like we're talking about sort of like um, about twenty-eight grams of fiber per like two thousand calories, let's say, and, and her, she was getting like yeah. under twenty all the time. Um, yeah. And it was like, what? like literally, so one, I just said to her, why don't we try, um, she was due a food increase. So I said, I'm going to increase your carbs, but I want to see those carbs come in from fruit and veg. Um, and her digestion just improved again. Things got moving. So it's like, you know, you, you do need to be looking at what, like, what is it that you, that you are eating? Um, and, you know, like I am known as kind of um, a bodybuilder who, who tracks like I even attracted into my prep I, I got stage lean I, I brought freaky condition like whilst tracking my macros um you know I have a client coming on stage next week 
and she tracked the whole way through as well like it can be done like there can be an element of flexibility where you're not following a rigid food plan that people assume that you do yeah um, so if I ever wanted to if I ever went on a cinema trip this isn't in prep but like now I could go and I could get that pick and mix potentially do you know what I mean and just that one day I could get my carbs from the sweets but generally speaking like and I think this is potentially a misconception like I do probably have like the same meals every day that, that I enjoy that digest well um but then there's just a little bit of wiggle room like say um say for my breakfast I'm not as hungry one day I'll, I'll have like a smaller portion of cream of rice it's it's that simple and then I'll have more carbs later in the day when I'm a little bit more hungry maybe or around my workout but you know it, it is kind of like we're having similar foods that we know we get on with um but like yeah obviously tracking and stuff it allows you to be more flexible but but I am still making good choices I am still having like my chicken and rice before I train and you know that kind of thing it's yeah, yeah it's not just eating whatever and being like oh it fits so it's fine I'll just have like a chocolate bar you know every day which is full of like trans fats and basically the, not the fats that we want in our diet the ones that literally have no nutritional value that we don't need you know yeah 100% and it's we're not weirdos in like the fact that you know we just love chicken and rice bro <laughs> but it's about the fact that we are prioritizing our health and our digestion and our training performance and like i said those essential nutrients you know all of your vitamins things like you know your magnesium i'm sure you've all heard of things like iron and that sort of thing this is all what's going to come from your whole foods and honestly you'll feel better how many times do people have you guys listening or have you heard any clients say and said oh when i eat shit i feel like shit and when i've just you know Literally. started to eat healthy and like oh my god i feel amazing and it's you do because you digest and process it better think back to when we were cavemen right we didn't have chocolate bars and protein bars and, you know, pizza and stuff. We had, you know, the fruits, the veggies, the meats. And that's what our bodies are basically designed to process is the natural foods of the world. The more foreign things that are, enter our body, our body's like, mm, not sure about that. So that's why you run into digestive upset. So the more single ingredient foods that you can eat or, you know, one or two ingredient foods that you can eat, your body's going to thank you for it. But I think the difference is that when you are bodybuilding, especially when you are on a prep, it is meticulous there is no you know you've got to you've got to be on it you've got to be on it with absolutely everything whereas when you are just dieting even if you are dieting for a holiday or a photo shoot or what have you there is so much more scope for flexibility okay. i've got clients dieting for a photo shoot in in summer and i've said you will still be able to eat out leading up to your you know your shoot that is absolutely fine you've just got to factor it in but you can eat out whereas now for example me i'm doing a photo shoot prep but i'm treating it like a bodybuilding prep no eating out it's 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 not on the cards because it's not going to fit my goals but my clients i would not want them to not eat out that is the diff the biggest difference is that there is just so much more scope for flexibility and realistically it doesn't matter as much whereas for bodybuilding because you have this extreme set goal everything has to be to the t every day no yeah. negotiations that's like, again that's mainly because the, the time constraint you know you've got a short period of time yeah. to make big changes to your physique so if you're wasting weeks like say say you've, you've, you've just had your calories up and then you also have like loads of off-plan food that week and you check in with your coach and it's like well we can't decide whether you're gaining weight in a in a way that's to do with the food that I've increased you on or whether it's just that all the off-plan food you've had and then like you know I often say to clients like the ones that are like you know more in with extreme goals like um I say like if you've had an inconsistent week it means that I cannot make changes because I've got nothing to actually go off I don't know what 
which bits of what I told you to do last week have worked and which haven't because you're not being consistent. So it's like lack of consistency is lack of changes to the plan, which means lack of progress. And like when you have a short term goal and you're, you're going to be stepping on stage, like you can't be wasting weeks where your coach is like, I don't know what to do this week because you've been off plan. So mm -hmm. it's like, that's kind of why as well, you know, like everything needs to be bang on point. So that like when, when you check in and like, you know, your weight's dropped, it's, and you're following everything to the T, maybe it's time for a food increase, but looking at the, all of the variables that have been nailed, we can make that decision. So yeah, it's, it's, that's kind of why as well, like, whereas I guess if you're just lifestyle, like just that kind of doing it for your overall long-term life and you're not looking to compete or do a photo shoot or anything like, you know, I'm sure like one week where you just enjoy yourself because you've got some like social plans and you just go out and pick what you want on the menu isn't going to be like the end of the world you know you're going to remember that awesome time but you're not going to remember like oh I stayed on plan that particular week in, in 2019 or what you know what I mean so I think no. that's the difference as well it's like when people are like oh I don't know how you're so like motivated or dedicated it's like yeah it's just because I've just I've got this short-term goal for right now that I want to yeah. stick to it for because I want to be able to make that progress every single week you know without exactly. fail exactly I think yeah when you do have like a fixed time goal it doesn't like we wouldn't be like this forever on God the way no, I'm not planning on it <laughs> not how we are all the time you will get the okay, there are occasional bodybuilders like there's a few coming to mind that are like that all year round and they are but that's that's what they enjoy but yeah mentally will... for them honestly I've noticed with a lot of them like mentally that's what makes them feel good mm. like they don't enjoy being off plan it, it's not fun for them so fair enough you know yeah but generally speaking do you you do want to be prioritizing the whole foods yes but can you be more flexible is there more scope for flexibility absolutely 100 percent. i'm just gonna fix my camera because it's yeah the scope of flexibility just not every day <laughs> yeah and remember what flexibility is that's when people bang on about the 80 20 rule and um, that you see all the time and like it is a bit of a oh some talk about 80 20 rule again but i think it is a really good rule of thumb generally day-to-day -day speaking like 80 percent whole food 20 percent have what you want because you get a really nice balance there you're getting all your essential vitamins and minerals and then your diet isn't boring af and you can make it fun i think that's yeah. really good personally the only other thing that i had on my list for what us weirdo bodybuilders do um that if you are wanting to get in shape do need to consider is your output I think input is considered a lot in terms of, you know, calories and, you know, how many calories you're on. But output isn't considered. But when I mean output, I don't mean the training. I mean in terms of, like, the caloric burning output. So your cardio and especially your needs. Now, this is something I've just actually had a conversation with a client about because her weight's been quite stagnant, stagnant the last few weeks. And I've just kind of been thinking, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I said, have you been doing your 10K steps? Oh, no, I haven't. I've been really busy. I said, okay, so what, what have you been doing? 5K. I was like, okay. Okay, so if we do the, some quick maths, um, that's about what 25k shot, 25 to 30k shot a week that you're under from what you were doing. And um, if you bear in mind that's what, like about a thousand calories roughly for every 10k steps that you burn, and um, that's a 3,000 calorie difference over your week. That is substantial. You are 3,000 calories above, so to speak, than you were before. So when we get you to track your steps it's not because again we just love steps and we're weird like bodybuilders it's because you do need to consider these factors and variables as you do diet your body becomes more efficient your body doesn't like to diet it's like nah, i want to save the energy so it's going to stop you moving as much so if naturally just on a day-to-day -day, you're burnt you do like what 8k steps as you diet you it wouldn't surprise me if you your body just actually slows you down and that'll drop to about 6k 
because you're just a bit more fatigued and you just can't really be bothered. It's, it's normal for that to happen. But like I said, over, over a day, it's not an issue. But over a course of a week and two weeks, like with my client, that could be you know, a few thousand calories discrepancy a week, which is what is going to slow you down. So you do need to consider your output. And I do think that having some sort of measuring track of your output, if you are trying to get in shape, is important. Now, the difference is, realistically, the extremity. You can get in good shape with, what, about 10K steps a day, and you know a few cardio sessions in your week just to increase your deficit whereas when you are prepping for a show or trying to get extremely lean that is when you know you're pushing your body beyond where it wants to go which means you have to push your body to to pretty extreme things which is when you'll see sort of 12 15 18 20k steps coming into play that's when you'll see cardio daily around an hour an hour plus so do i think that if you wanted to get in good shape that including cardio in and step tracking is pretty much essential i'd probably say yes because again otherwise you're going to have the element of inconsistency um but does it need to be extreme no what's your stance on that one yeah exactly what you said basically i mean it's it's funny because within the bodybuilding world as well like steps have only really become a thing in the last like few years as yeah. Like, oh, why don't we also include steps as a, as a as a measure of yeah, like output, and as a measure of kind of like that balancing your caloric intake sort of thing, and it's like well, your energy balance. It's like when when I did my first prep, like steps weren't a thing, you know, it was just cardio. But like, how do you know that one day I've done twenty thousand steps and the next day I've not moved? And like you said as well about um, obviously like say your deficit gets deeper and you are like more and more tired you will naturally sit down more, you know, you'll even like, you'll find yourself sitting down between sets in the gym and things like this. And the good thing about steps, like say when you're in a prep or whatever, is that it forces you to keep moving. Like if you didn't have a step count, you would just be like, oh great, I've, I've trained, I've, I've done my 45 minutes of cardio, like I'll just sit down for the rest of the day. Um, yeah. But you know, so steps, it is a good way to like, especially like, you know, in a prep, like keep you moving, force yeah. you up and things. And yeah, it just obviously, positively contributes to your energy balance you know if you like say if you're dieting and you know and as well it's like um it's a far more moderate form of of output than doing like intense cardio and stuff so you know there will there will become points in your prep when fatigue is high um and like instead of like banging up more cardio it's like we increase steps instead as a way of kind of again just increasing you know your output um but not kind of fatiguing you further it's a very it's a very low impact way to to burn calories and it can be enjoyable it's good for your mental health to get out you know people don't people actually don't get out sometimes like go to work especially during the winter come back and it's dark again um you know and it, it can be essential really to for your vitamin d as well like get, getting out on a lunchtime walk clearing your head getting a bit of time to yourself um you know there's there's loads of reasons to just get steps anyway that aren't to do with like how you look um oh. So yeah, like definitely having a step count, hundred percent. And steps actually contribute to more of your energy output than your gym sessions in terms of like your energy balance. People don't realise that. Oh yeah, that. stop stop tracking your gym sessions on your Fitbit. Like, no, you don't burn that many calories. Trust me, sadly not. <laughs> no, honestly, people think oh, I've done my gym session, but honestly, what you actually do outside of the gym in terms of movement, that's actually something that you want to log more because it contributes more. So definitely have a steps target and just stick with it consistently within your yeah. deficit. That's all I had for arguments in favor of do you need to do what we weirdo bodybuilders do in terms of training and nutrition in order to get in banging shape? Do you have anything that 
you think I've missed in terms of what people who want to get in good shape should do that we do as aliens bodybuilders? Um, drink. <laughs> I suppose like, you know, we haven't talked about hydration no, and how, fun. and how key that is really. Like people are always like going on about like forcing themselves to drink and stuff. Like as if it's some like crazy thing that yeah. you know, we do and it's like, no, no, seriously drink. <laughs> people always say to me like, how much do you drink? And I'm just like a lot. Just, I just drink a lot. <laughs> I'm always drinking, um, even just as like an en like energy, like how much energy like a glass of water will give you. Um, or something that people don't do when they first wake up is like just rehydrate. You literally dehydrate, like you've been asleep for like hopefully eight hours and not like consumed any liquids during that time. You know, the first thing you should really be doing is like getting yourself a glass of water and downing it. Um, and hydrating yourself immediately and often people would realize they probably didn't need a coffee if they just if they just did that um but yeah i think like water intake is probably something that's kind of like glorified as this like really difficult task that like only elite people do or something yeah. <laughs> it is like a total like a total fitness thing it's like it should just be yeah. a general person thing the like thing. <laughs> when you get people saying oh, i can't even drink a liter of water it's like how how do you have dehydration? Like, honestly, it's one of those things though where once you've started it, you'll never be able to not like. Exactly. Yeah. I can't go now. Like, I sometimes panic when I go places. I'm like, yeah. how am I going to cope with that water? Like, I can't access water here. How am I going to actually cope? I need to make sure I plan to bring my water with me. Otherwise, but yeah, I agree on that one. It is kind of seen as this kind of like bodybuilding thing when you you see as well with our massive water bottles. It's like, no, everyone just drink some goddamn water. You'll feel so much better for it. And what you said about the coffee thing is actually really true. And fun fact, a bit of a nerdy knowledge bomb for people. When you first wake up, that is when your cortisol is highest and your adrenaline is highest. So your first two hours of wake, people think that you need a coffee when you first wake up. Actually, you're going to benefit from a coffee the most about two hours after you've woken up when all your adrenaline and cortisol has come down. So if you're feeling that exhausted when you wake up, then something else is going wrong because realistically, you wouldn't, you shouldn't actually be feeling that. So just thought I'd throw that geeky comment out there just if anyone's interested. Save your coffee, have it two hours after you've, um, you've woken up because it'll actually serve you better. Okie doke. Let's move on to know then reasons that you do not need to train like a bodybuilder, um, eat like a bodybuilder in order to get in shape. So I think we kind of covered a few off kind of like countering the arguments that we had. Um, but one that I really want to cover is about the extremity of tracking. So obviously when you are in a prep, every goddamn thing gets tracked, you know, from the big stuff, you know, your you rice, your chicken, your pasta to, you know, your two calories in your bottle of water. If it's got calories in, it gets tracked. You know, every single goddamn thing, you're there weighing up out, you're like pretty much zero calorie ketchup, but you're still weighing it out. That is what extremes bodybuilders go to because every single variable has to be freaking consistent. Whereas for my clients who want to get in good shape, I actually have a bit of a list of things that I say, these bits and bobs, I really actually don't want you to track because I don't want you to get an unhealthy relationship with it and just be there like my fitness pal every single goddamn gram because yes you want to account for things but there's certain things that are pretty much negligible and there is a time and a place to be ocd about it which is when you have an extreme goal and every single variable has to be tightly controlled like a science experiment but just for day to day i don't think that's necessary so what do you think on that one yeah 100 percent. i mean like i am like the least tracky prep person anyway like i never track my sources like you know uh, not ideal bodybuilder i don't track my veg She's not a bodybuilder she's fake she's a fraud get out 
I, I, I don't even track my almond milk. But I consistently have like a hundred mil in my cereal. So I'm like, I just, if it, a lot of time I'm like, if it's literally consistent and you have it every single time you have that meal, like every day, like, I'd rather just not track it. Same with my veg. Like when I was on prep, like obviously like the calories were so low. So it'd be like, I've got a hundred grams of chicken and then I'm now going to have like the biggest salad you've ever seen, like filling the, the whole, like twice the bowl. But I'm going to have that every time I have that meal. Yeah. And like by eye, I'm like, I have four mushrooms and this and that. But it's literally every single time. Um, and that allows me to have like a proper big filling meal and get my micronutrients in, as opposed to like literally sat there with like a tiny portion of chicken and being starving afterwards. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I am that coach that's literally like, well, I'm, I'm not going to tell you to track things that I don't track. Like if you are prepared to consistently have a lot of veg, um, but you're not just like having random amounts every time and it is quite consistent don't track because the thing is it's like you said about being obsessed like it's really boring as well tracking in like four mushrooms weighing mm. out you know your pepper on the on the scales and stuff and lettuce which is like half a bag's what like 10 calories or something yeah um, and again i just i have this i don't have loads of sauce but i like have the same kind of amount of wiggle every time i have that yeah. meal so it's like certain things just don't need to be tracked uh yeah I really don't think they do. And I think if people are tracking that, they're either new to it and they're not sure, so they're just trying to be like, okay, I'll just do it all. Or they are a little bit obsessed, maybe. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So it's just thinking of things that you have in your day-to-day -day diet that are consistent and they don't hold much caloric value. You just don't... don't yeah, that's the key. Like, I should say that, really. Don't have, they have to not hold... Yeah, much. I consistently smash crisps. I'm not going to track those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I consistently have crisps, so I'm just not going to track it in. No, yeah. I just mean stuff that's like when I know that 100 mils of our milk is 13 calories. Yeah. Like, you know. Guinea milks, um, you know, green veg, lettuce, leaves, like low calorie sauces and things yeah. like that. It's All my sauces are low calorie. So if I was yeah. having like maybe like a really calorific one, then yeah, I would track. Like if you're having like full fat mayo or something, that's yeah, yeah. count towards your fat macros for the day. But. Yeah, I, I should have specified really. Yeah, I meant like if it's negligible and consistent, then just don't nah. no. <laughs> Too much. There's a time and there's a place. In my preps, I have always gone with the, the principle. I mean, it's hard to do the principle of every single goddamn thing gets logged. And that's worked for me. And that's fair me. enough. Yeah. I am quite OCD though. So for me, yeah. I actually prefer that. And to be fair, when I actually worked it out, it did add an extra some days, about 80 calories to my day, which. Oh, yeah when you do add that up, that did make a difference. But I've done fat loss phases like you, my, the first ever cut that I did a few years ago, I didn't track everything and I still got freaking lean. So it can be done. The only time that I would ever, ever, ever get a client to track everything is if they are adamant that they're sticking to it and we're not seeing fat loss, then I might say, right, let's track every single goddamn thing and let's just see if we're missing something here. Because I did actually do that once and it was milk and coffee. Because I told them not to track yeah. milk coffee but she was having i think eight eight coffees or teas a day we worked it out that her calories from her milk was about 300 overall right. like that does add up um but you, again you only need to think about doing that is if you are reaching a plateau and you just you can't for the life of you yeah. work why because your calories are low you're moving what's what the frick's going on but no don't track everything don't get obsessed don't get addicted you don't have to be literally there like 
chopping it and weighing it and you know you, you big things you big you know your big calorically dense items yeah your little bits of salad and veg and milks and stuff don't worry about it don't stress because then it becomes a negative process and exactly if you hate the process you're going to give up and if you give up you aren't going to get in shape simple yeah agreed i'm glad we agree on that one um the last one that i had in terms of what you don't need to do because a lot of the ones that i had in terms of having to eat like five meals a day um how you train in terms of training for you know for fun rather than you know, for a purpose um flexibility the only other one that i had was what you actually mentioned right at the start which is about marginal gains so we everything that we do is in pursuit of those marginal gains to trying to be meticulous with everything so obviously we track absolutely everything and for example things like certain supplements that we use and you know the little bands and um daisy chains and cuffs and all those things that we add in the gym and just everything really that we do just to be that to be that one percent better to make sure that we are having optimal sleep so we're not just getting seven hours but we're tracking it in terms of like you know how many stages of deep sleep we're in and all that nerdy stuff and i think people will watch people doing that so there's obviously quite a lot of bodybuilders who are also like fitness influencers if, if that's the right word of saying it so they'll be seeing them doing things like you know cuff lateral raises reverse banding a hack squat having support max neuro pre-bed and then thinking <laughs> i need that i need to do that like, i've had so many messages from clients like do i need to be doing that should i be wearing that should i be doing that i'm like you can but you don't need to and i think this is where people need to understand that there is always a purpose to something but ultimately the basics will work and always start from the basics up so for example like support max neuro for example people will say oh I, I, could i take support max neuro my sleep's not good okay do you have a pre-bed routine no are you on your phone until midnight yeah let's nail the basics first and you can still get some really good results by just nailing the basics so getting you know nailing the basics not buying any supplements with a pre-bed routine you can get good enough sleep to you know have good substantial sleep in terms of like things like reverse banding a hack squat do you need to reverse band the hack squat no but is it optimal from a, the perspective of you know biomechanics Yes, but do you need to be bothered about that? No, you just need to be able to squat well decently and focus on just getting stronger at it. And I think it's a case of trying not to get caught up in these small details and just focusing in on the basics first. And trying to, don't ever confuse yourself. If you are getting confused by what other people are doing, you probably don't need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, you summed that up there. I guess we could like go down the little bit of the supplement like rabbit hole almost and just kind of like, what do people need and things in. I think the answer yeah. is like the answer is like nothing actually you know that you don't need anything um apart from potentially like whey protein as like the the one where I would say probably unless you want to like be having a lot of like sort of like whole foods protein and not, yeah. not kind of just being able to like scoop a bit of powder in or whatever but like yeah. most things like you don't actually need it it's just it's just beneficial that's what it's supplement it's, it's additional um yeah it might help things, but you know. From a health perspective, I always recommend a vitamin D. Um, yes. For a lot of people, I look over their nutritional logs and I'll say you probably would benefit from an omega-3 as well. Um, but that's it from like a core perspective. And yeah. I always whey protein is going to be your cheapest and best way of increasing your protein intake. And it tastes amazing because the ones you can get on the market now, they do taste freaking insane. Like before, they were decent. Um, but now it's like that incredible like perform way is literally to die for oh my god like absolute crack cocaine that stuff i could literally just eat the powder with a spoon that's how good it is that's how um, that's how deep dieting i am no, i'm joking but genuinely i could just eat it with a spoon it's incredible 
And potentially if you're wanting to build lean muscle tissue, I do think that supplementing creatine is a good idea. But besides from that, I just yeah. leave it. I give suggestions. But just the stuff that you name there as well. It's like, so like obviously you can just pop to boots and it's always like three for two. You can get your vitamin D, your omegas, and then like a multivitamin as well. That's mm. it. And then like creatine again is super cheap. And it's like probably the most researched supplement out there. It does work. Yeah. It does so help cheap. with performance and strength in the gym. So it's like, you might as well have it. Like if I bought a bag of creatine for like a tenner or something, it would last me like six months. Exactly. So it's like, it's like exactly. might as well kind of have it kind of thing. But everything else is, to be honest, like quite pricey. Like a lot of things like, People are oh, looking yeah. like, oh, you're having your, you're having your intra-workout, you're having your EAAs, and it's like, yeah, I actually genuinely, I, I do advocate them. They, they really work for me. Um, I do feel a lot more sustained in my session. Like, obviously, it's the, the, the ones that I get as well are like, they have the full spectrum of amino acids, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and they taste nice. And they if do. you're dieting, it's also fantastic. Oh. You've got a nice sweet drink to look forward to. Isn't um, it just? But they're not cheap. They are not cheap, are they, really? No. So like, you want to spend 40 quid a month because that's kind of what it's going to add to your monthly bill, really, because you get like a 30 serving in a tub. Um, yeah. And to me, for, don't forget that I've got a, like a sponsorship as well. So my supplements are free. So obviously I'm going to have it. Obviously, yeah. it's, it, I don't have to buy anything anymore. Um, yeah. You know, whereas like if you are buying it, like I'd probably be a bit more like, hold yeah, back. My, my supplements stack, so to speak. It freaking adds up things like yes. like that's 40 quid whey protein's gone up obviously due to the whole market thing so that's like 40 quid a tub quid, yes. 30 quid a tub eaa's 30 40 quid a tub pre-workout 30 40 quid a tub i'm basically paying for a mortgage in supplements <laughs> a month. and do i need them could i do the things that I want to do without them, probably. But do I feel like I benefit from them? Have I seen benefit from them? Do I know the benefits and the marginal gains that they bring me in terms of sleep, in terms of muscle growth? Yes. So am I willing to invest that money myself? Yes. And this is one thing I'm going to say about supplements to anyone is I, I made this mistake when I was newbie on the market. I would just see things like, you know, BCAAs in the supermarket and then see some fitness ones, fitness ones uh, looking looked amazing, having it. I thought, I need that. I need to look like her. Didn't have a fucking clue what it did, but I did it anyway. Um, yeah. Make sure you know why you're going to take it. Just because you've seen someone else take it, do a bit of research, ask questions. Like I always get asked about EAAs, do I need them? So I'm always going to share that, you know, some people I think they do have benefit, other people it's expensive squash, realistically. <laughs> um, just go get some cherries and berries from Morrison's, best squash ever, 99p, you're winning. Um, but just make sure you kind of understand what it is and the benefit that it has and then weigh it up. Do I need this? Do I is worth me spending thirty quid worth? It? And remember as well that with supplements, they are a bit they are a bit like drugs in terms of that when you start one, you find it really hard to stop. Like when my support match Nero runs out, I look like a crack at it. Like I need to buy some more now, otherwise I can't sleep. Um, so just bear in mind that you will want to consistently use that. So that's going to become a monthly expense. So if you start with EAAs, you're going to want to continue them. If you start with a pre workout, you're going to want to. They roughly last you a month. Do the maths, you're going to be adding 60, 100 quid pretty rapidly. Um, so, yeah, just think about do you actually need it? If you've got the disposable income and you think it's worth it, go for it. If you're not even sure what it does, don't fucking buy it, basically. Yeah, I think there's a lot of rationale for EAAs, like, like I said, about having the full spectrum of the amino acids. Especially, like, let's say if you're a vegan as well, it's going to be hard. There's not really many single things. Yeah, that are going to contain all of the, the amino acid profile. 
All I would say is don't bother with BCAAs. I think that that's something. I think that we've eradicated that myth now. I think BCAAs, if, if I'm not mistaken, they're like, they contain like two of the amino acids or something. They're yeah, like usually they, don't have, they don't they have, have one usually either. It's, yeah. it, it's so expensive. It's like, compared to, compared to getting EAAs, which is like literally got them all in, it's like, that. that's one thing you can take from today. Don't buy BCAAs, buy EAAs if you're going to invest. Yeah. Buy the um, Innova Farm ones as well because they taste amazing. Pink lemonade, or maybe even <laughs> snow cone. <laughs> oh, OMG, OMG. Just all of them, they're all good, try them all. <laughs> when I was dieting um, in my first prep that never happened because of COVID, I used to make my intro workout and freeze it, and it was like this cold, slushy drink, and literally, it was like the nicest thing ever. Um, yeah, throwback throw back to lockdown um but yeah that's it from me in terms of arguments for no do you have anything else that you think in terms of what we do that people don't need to do um because i know we are coming up to an hour but if you had any valid points i just didn't want them to get lost um i think we've covered loads to be fair i, I can't, think of, can't think of anything if anyone can post in the chat if they have anything but like no. you know i can't like think of anything that we haven't covered really i think we've given some absolutely immense value in tonight's live i must say i agree <laughs> bonds so in summary the answer is like yes and no it's one of those where it's like do you need to eat and train like a bodybuilder there's some things that we do that have crossover to general fitness in order to get in great shape but the fact of the matter is do you have to be exactly like us in order to get in awesome shape and the answer is absolutely not so i'm hoping this has been helpful for people insightful and kind of giving them a bit of a Actually, I don't need to be a weirdo who's like obsessed with sleep where I'm blue like lockers eating chicken and rice and uh, someone said that they've found it helpful, so that's awesome. Um, you can have a bit more normality, you can be a bit more relaxed about things, but there are certain things that we do that you probably should consider that will honestly make a game change to your physique, but as well just the quality of life. Generally, yeah. better health, more energy, better digestion, um, all of those things, so... Don't you think we're total weirdos for liking sleep and stuff like that? There's a reason for it and you'll benefit from it too. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I think that's a great place to end that you, Emily. I do think so. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me for my first Coach's Corner live series. I don't really know what you call it. Series of lives. Um, I'm going to end this as well by just saying that if you've watched this back, and anything that me and Emily have said that you want to question us about, so for example, like EAAs or something, um, I'm sure Emily would be in agreement with me that she's happy for you just to shoot her a DM with any questions that you've got. Absolutely. Go for it. We're open books. You know, if you've ever got a question, slide in the DMs. Well, within reason, slide in the DMs. <laughs> You're right. welcome. So, yeah, thanks, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Um, so have a great evening, everyone. Go and enjoy your Fridays. Um, I'm actually going to go eat some chicken right now because bodybuilder and um, go get my blue light blockers on. Yeah, I will. I'm going to go and get mine on now. <laughs> Thanks for joining, Emily. Bye. Bye. And now I need to end the live.